when are we starting we usually so the way that we do this is we kind of just talk for a little bit (laughs) and we're we're gonna pull something funny that we kind of said in that first couple minutes and we're gonna use that as a snippet ah and then we do our intro song and then we we actually intro you guys have a song yeah can i hear it Welcome to BitFaced, back in the sauna this week after a very busy weekend at Comic-Con, and have faith, actually have no faith in us, because all Tyler and I did was go up to Denver and get drunk for three days straight and enjoy our time. Anyway, tonight's episode is not about Comic-Con, even though we might talk about it a little bit. We've actually got a a guest never had here before in the BitCave, the owner the director, the cinematographer, I think he does the books. He also does the windows for the Runaway Film Company here in Colorado Springs. Cinematographer and director James Britt, welcome to the BitCave, sir. Hey, glad to be here. <laughs> glad to have you here. Sorry that it's so damn hot in here. It's fine. I'm from Florida. so. <laughs> what part of Florida? Uh, the Treasure Coast, Fort Pierce, Fort St. Lucie area. What, what brought you out here to Colorado Springs? High school girlfriend. Really? Well, she's my wife now, but yeah. Well, good. So that, that story has a happy ending. I, yeah. I hope you were going to say, yeah, I moved out here, and six months later, she dumped me. <laughs> <laughs> moved out here, thought it would change my life, and then turned out she never liked me. No, uh, no, we were dating. We uh, did one of those things that uh, supposedly never come true called a long-distance relationship, and it worked. I came back. She waited. We got engaged, moved to Florida again, got married, and then here we are. How long have you been here in Colorado? Uh, you mean this time around? Yeah, this time around. Uh, six years, I want to say. And Was how long it? have you been married? Eight, eight years, I want to say. I won't hold you to that. Don't <laughs> worry. You, your wife's not going to listen to this. Nobody else <laughs> does. So that's good. That's awesome. And so let's start with talk to me about the Runaway Film Company. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the Runaway Film Company, it's... it's, it's uh, if you look it up, it'll look pretty new, <clears throat> only because I, I am notorious for changing the names of my freelance film work. I, I used to be a professional photographer. I did that for, for a couple years. Um, actually, originally, uh, let me see. I, I, I guess since we got the time, I'll take you back some, some years. Um, no, uh, Okay, so I, I used to be a guitarist. I say that because I haven't picked up a guitar in, in like a couple years, so I, I can't call myself that in good conscience. But uh, So I used to be a guitarist, and uh, YouTube was a thing, and so I decided, hey, you know what, let me just record like uh, teaching how to play a song. And so I recorded it on like, this little uh, point-and-shoot camera with a video feature on it. It was like super low-res, low-quality, terrible, and I posted it. It got couple views i started to do that and i was like hey youtube this is a place to be i'm famous i got a hundred views look at that and uh then eventually um i started to get more into it i started to throw up some graphics on the screen uh i was becoming a master of windows movie maker threw in some transitions look at this this is a dissolve and and all this kind of stuff did an intro i started to get a feel for that and i really liked it And uh, I, I ended up getting um, my first high-definition camera from Circuit City, 
which is actually where I met Tyler once upon a time. We we worked there a long time ago. It was happy, happy days. And uh, anyway, I got that, and I thought, okay, now this is an HD camera. I feel like I need to be doing more. I started trying to do more intensive things. I realized the things that I wanted to do that I saw other people doing on, like, YouTube were it was impossible in windows movie maker and so i was like googling how do they do this what programs are using it's like oh dear lord this thing costs a thousand dollars for just a program and and then uh it just it felt like it wasn't possible and so i I bumped into a friend who he was kind of two steps ahead of me like headed down this film path and he told me oh you got to get into dslr filmmaking you guys know what dslr yeah digital single lens reflux look at you yeah that's right it's it's uh that's why we keep tyler around (laughs) (laughs) trivia man it is uh it is just a fancy type of a professional camera more formally used for photography but lately has been transitioning to to film or well video um And so I got one of those, and uh, once I got it, I, I, I had intended to use it for video. I wanted to get, like, you know, really good at making videos. But because it had a really awesome photo capability, I started getting photography, which I didn't think would happen. And then uh, as much fun as I was having doing videos just for myself on YouTube, I was doing this thing called Pardon My Sense, which don't bother looking for. I've destroyed it from the internet. It's gone. It's off Facebook. It's off YouTube. It's, it's off everything that ever had its name. And, uh, <clears throat> are you just not proud of it? <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. There are two schools of thought on, on, uh, you know, your humble beginnings on the internet, which is one, you should leave it there. Even if that's not what at all, like you're like, and it's embarrassing and it's humiliating because of how cheesy and not funny and everything it was just because that's your origin story. It should stay there. And then the other school of thought is, well, no, 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 no. If you're trying to make a name for yourself now, and that was just you BSing and whatnot, you should, you should destroy it. And I follow that second school. I'm with you on the second school of thought. I, I think there's importance to your origin story. But I think there's certain things you can listen to and experience in the privacy of your own home, especially if you've already released them to the public. You gave the public a chance. They had their chance to to look at that. And now, you know, that's, that's kind of going to be more of your thing. But at least you can see the growth, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And one thing that I learned from all that was never trust the opinions of friends because while i was doing all that everybody was telling me oh this is so funny you're so hilarious i love this stuff pardon my sense i tell i tell this to like my brother and he lives in another state so you're going like national and i was just like wow thanks and like looking back before i deleted this thing last year like for good and i hadn't updated it in years but last year was the one i was like this has got to just not be a thing ever um i watched the stuff and i was like those liars like why did they tell me this thing? They weren't involved. They had no obligation to say it was good. They could have been truthful to me because it was just awful. And so I've stopped asking opinions from friends and everything unless I just want to feel good about myself. But anyway, as I said, that was called Pardon My Sense. And um, and uh, what I learned was uh, that as fun as it was doing videos, once I started to post, hey, these are some photos, and then some of my friends on Facebook saw, hey, these are pretty good, not half bad. Do you do weddings? Do you do senior portraits? I realized, oh, people will hire me if I do photos, and, that, and then I started to, to do that. But uh, uh, I, it was just kind of weird because normally when people do photography, it's like, you know, like, um, you know, something, something photography, like Bethany Ann photos and all that i didn't want to do james Britt photography because i didn't want to be a photographer i was just something i was doing because it was a cool way to pick up some money 
Um, but I really wanted the brand that I was making on YouTube, Pardon My Sense, to be a thing. So I was like, what about Pardon My Sense photography? That doesn't sound good. And so I thought, well, you know, what if I do photos and videos for hire? And so I thought, what if I just do Pardon My Sense productions? That sounds good. But no one ever hired me for <laughs> videos. And so it was really just photography. And I was just thinking, this just does not sound like a photographic type of business i've got to change the name so i changed it to black tie film and photography i kept the film in there because that was secretly what i wanted to do but everyone was hiring me for for um that's a good name too to cater to that that wedding yeah i I thought i thought this sounds classy i wanted to do a black tie affair and then people were like oh so you're gonna be doing like you know adult content i was like no no no. how are you taking that like well it's just it sounds sounds like one of those things (laughs) <laughs> so if you need a fluffer, <laughs> Eric makes a great one. What is a fluffer? <laughs> wow, you you get to tell him since you told the joke. Um, well, in these adult productions <laughs> that you're going to be filming or not, this would be the person who who preps the mail <laughs> and uh, and make sure he's ready. And so you you do this. Oh, always. Okay. That's uh, we, everyone has to break into the film business somehow. Like now, you have a good story and like a dream. I just stroke off a bunch of dudes. <laughs> well, it's um, no humbler beginnings, I could say. Uh, everyone's got to start somewhere. Unfortunately for me, it was on my knees and and, and still there. <laughs> well, um, so with part of my sense productions going to black tie film photography, I was getting. Actually, a lot of photography work doing that. And so um, people started to kind of hear about me. I started to actually get work from people that I didn't know, like um, people coming in from town, like, hey, you took baby photos of my sister. Can you please do a wedding? And I was getting all this work as a photographer and um, uh, getting a lot of popularity from my photography, actually, to where I I was actually starting to charge more than I thought I should. I I remember the first time I started having to determine my prices, I was like, "What, what do photographers charge and i looked him up and i was like this is ridiculous this is just just snapping a photo and i started to charge um less than the most expensive people but more than people that i really felt like i I could do better than that um and i started to feel like i was really getting away from myself about what i really wanted to do and um I, i i did get to do some video work under the name black tie film photography um, I did some inter-organizational videos for AAA insurance. Um, did some stuff for a bunch of miscellaneous people that just needed interviews. I found out interview work is, I mean, this is this is almost like an interview. It's a podcast, but, you know, yeah, that that was a big thing that people needed. And, um, and anyway, uh, the more that I was doing photography, I, I found myself, I had this calendar of all these photo shoots, and then people would be asking me, um, hey, can you do a video? And I would say, yeah, that's that's what I really want to do, actually. When do you need me? Oh, I need you at the end of August. Oh, urgh, I'm doing a photo session. Then uh, can we do it uh, maybe in September? Oh, no, sorry. I really need it then. Oh, fine. Oh, I'm sorry. And so I was saying no to the things I wanted and yes to the things that just were really my hobby. And then that's when I decided, you know, I really have to just, I got I to gotta take control of this. And then I started to step away from from photos i kind of took a break from doing all hired work um i actually enrolled in film school uh, a couple years ago and so i'm 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 um actually what what today's the 26th so and next week i actually start my uh first week of my senior year of film school getting a bachelor's degree in digital cinematography and um 
I slowly started to pick up film work. Um, I done everything from commercials to music videos to short films. Uh, I was recently at a film festival. I actually just got back earlier this month. <clears throat> That's the film um, that you were the uh, the DP on, right? Correct, DP, director of photography. Um, doing all this new stuff, I decided I need I needed a new name. I needed something that you know. Let's let's just drop the photography. Let's trying to be. Let's stop trying to be universal. And let's do this the way I want to do it. And I thought, you know, I, I, I kind of have to stop changing names too because everyone's following one or the other. And so what is one that not me in my 20s will like, but what is one that like 40-year-old James will like or 50-year-old James, a name that I could like stand behind? And I thought I thought about this actually for probably a year. And uh, eventually <clears throat> I, I really liked like the idea of the runaway and i thought about runaway films runaway you know cinema entertainment all these names that everybody has and i thought well everybody has that and like how even i did you know pardon my sense productions and it's it's you know that that's a stretch of the word productions because it was me with a camera and and i realized a lot of people on youtube in particular youtube vimeo um you know fine videos are using like studios like you know mark and tommy studios and they're like 10 year olds and i'm like these names are losing a lot of credibility and so i thought let me let me take a a break from the norm and and you know i'm just gonna be the runaway film company because i feel like when you hear company well you think business first of all but it usually sounds like that means more than one person even though i am one person behind the runaway film company i do outsource a lot of work i i actually i hire other people to help me and so when someone hires me to do something when i show up for for a project like recently i i went to go shoot um what was it it was a uh, some something with uh the Mowgli's, which is a band out of san francisco or la i don't know they they do alternative rock they were big for a song called uh i'm good they're called the Mowgli's. the Mowgli's, yeah jungle <clears throat> book reference yeah that's what i thought <laughs> anyway they, they were in town and um they were doing something for um oh i feel so terrible for not remembering it was it was a noble cause something about anti-bullying at a, an elementary school and uh RXP 103.9, uh, the radio station, they, they contacted me because I'd, I'd worked on another thing for Trapdoor Social, which is just an alternative band out of uh, L.A. as well, um, and I'd shot something for them, and so they asked me if I could shoot something. And so uh, I brought someone else with me, an assistant, who doesn't actually work for the Runway Film Company, but when people hire me, they see me, they see other people, they don't think, oh, that is James of the Runway Film Company, and company. They just see this is all the Runway Film Company, so I wanted a name that could really just embody everybody that works with me when i'm doing something and so that was the name i chose i really like it and um <clears throat> i got the domain name set up the website got the facebook page got the gmail account i got all the email accounts that i'm never going to use but i just didn't want other people to have <laughs> and that's that's where i am today <laughs> so can we find or can our listeners find the runaway film company on facebook is that the easiest way yeah you can find it uh facebook.com slash the runaway film company co i think i did that before just because it's such a long name but i've I've, I've, uh, making all these things i've kind of decided it's kind of confusing having two or three different ways to reference it so i'm sticking with runway film company so the the number one place that i'm I'm driving people if they want to learn about it is the runwayfilmcompany.com well i just want to give you props it's got to be hard to have a business that you think you're making more money than you deserve to make and throw all of that away because you wanted to do something that you love. That kind of brings me to my next question. It sounds like you kind of got into film through the YouTube. Not the YouTube, but you know <laughs> what I YouTube. mean. Uh, <laughs> uh, is that where your love of film starts? 
or are you like most of us? Did you kind of fall in love with film when you were a kid? You know, um, <clears throat> I've actually thought about this a lot because in film school, I'm dealing with a lot of other diehard like film fanatics, and a lot of times we'll like start a new class, and the teacher will be like, "Everybody, introduce yourselves." You know, what makes you do what you want to do? And I hear these stories where I'm like, "That sounds great." You know, I knew I wanted to be a director when I was four years old, and my dad gave me my first Kodak camera, and all this and that. And I'm just like, "These are amazing stories." This is gonna sound really good someday when you're moderately famous and you know, doing a, a biography on yourself. Um, <clears throat> And unfortunately, I don't share. I wish I could say that. I, I did not see myself. Actually, I saw myself as a rock star because, like I said, I was a guitarist and I really wanted to make it big as that. And then I found out how cool the music industry is and how <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't anything great. I was like average good, like good enough for like garage bands and maybe a gig at a bar, but nothing beyond that. And so I didn't really think about ever going into film until... Yeah, until YouTube. I mean, the dream just kind of got bigger and bigger. It started out with, I just want a YouTube channel that people come to, to where I want a YouTube channel that people know that even if they don't watch it, it's kind of popular, to where I want to be a YouTube celebrity, to where I started to realize, you know what, the world's kind of bigger than YouTube. I want to be someone that maybe is just known for like working on stuff. And I thought, I want to be good at short films. And then eventually this idea has just kind of grown to where I want to be, like, I, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I want to be like an Oscar award winning director or director of photography for something and realistically i know right now i'm in my 20s so it sounds kind of ambitious i'm not expecting hitting anywhere even close to that to where people even think i could see that happening until like i have gray hair and like i have like maybe a lifetime achievement award under my belt like maybe at that point you know maybe i'd be a nominee someday but that's that's where i'm at so if if you got all of this from just kind of the desire from, I guess, watching YouTube. Who are some of your favorite directors? Where do you draw influence? Or are you getting it all from from film school? Because I, I minored in film. Not not majored like you, but I minored. And I learned tons from just that two, three years of taking classes. And I learned about a lot of movies that, oh man, I can't believe I haven't seen that. I also saw some stuff that I was like, I can't believe this gets as much acclaim as it does. So where do you take your influence is from? That's a great question, Eric. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, there, there are obviously a ton of directors that I, that I really, really like. But before I say any of that, I am going to put out there that I have one of the worst memories when it comes to names that I've ever... I've never met anyone. And if I did, I, I couldn't tell you their name of someone who is as bad at, as I am at remembering names. It is terrible terrible <laughs> and so uh i can tell you things that they've done or that they've worked on or oh the guy from that thing but we can we can help you through this though we're <laughs> okay. both pretty good at trivia. Okay. eric will fill in all the blanks for Excellent. names oh you're both trivia guys we or are. if i'm allowed to like whip out google during this podcast i can let me just look up this guy that worked on this thing um uh <clears throat> so as far as inspirations um there's one guy actually back from youtube that i i still i'll follow him on youtube he's he's uh he's actually pretty big on youtube and uh vine uh his name is zach king i really like him actually um i shot an email to him when i was considering going to film school and he actually replied and i was like oh my god you know god noticed me because at the time he was like a, a really big role model for me the reason for that is because he was a film student 
and I saw a lot of myself in him, but down the road, because uh, he had thousands and thousands of views. He was he commonly went to uh, what was it that that I think it's VidCon, is it like it's like a internet video convention, like big for YouTube and stuff like that. And so uh, what he's big for is that he does these really cool practical visual effects, stuff that's like it's so minor that it feels believable, like something to where like he would just pull like a cat out of a laptop screen and it'll be it'll be like nothing he'll just do it and it's almost like a magic trick whereas i see a lot of people do all these videos where like it's like super saturated with like graphic effects to where you start to kind of see this yeah I, I know this is totally made in in like in maya or even just element 3d and after effects or you know something just some kid did it you can tell it's not hollywood but because his are just these really little effects that Re- realistically are impossible they they can't happen in the natural world and he just incorporates them into their film and so because of that because he's not trying to go all out it just feels believable to where you're like what and you have to replay it and i really got inspired by that to where he was able to make really simple videos interesting and extraordinary and so um anyway i reached out to him i was just like should i go to, to film school and so <clears throat> So he's one guy that I, I look up to, but uh, I still look up to him just because I- even though he and I are, are down two completely different baths, um, just because he's still doing it. He's doing all these amazing effects that are just really fun to watch. And I like to take pages out of his books as far as keeping things interesting visually to where if you just mute it, I could still watch this. Um, but as far as like actual directors in feature films, um, I love Christopher Nolan big Christopher Nolan fan just because uh, I'm going to say this and I would say just based off of what I can judge of you guys I might offend you with this I hate the Avengers movies like just oh, I feel they are god awful like in every way um, and I know <laughs> I know I'm a minority when I say that everyone's like what what blasphemy um, I like the Avengers I'll put that, that what, out there <laughs> what do you hate is, is my question because <clears throat> Is it a, from a cinematography perspective? It can't be from a script perspective, <laughs> right? Unless, unless you're talking about Age of Ultron, then <laughs> then maybe it's because Tony Stark stole my girlfriend in high school. And I, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, <clears throat> that was actually the plot for Spider-Man three or two, right? <laughs> no, it's um, it's it's it's. Uh, I feel like the story on paper, the script probably looked really really appetizing it looked really good but the execution the okay my big beef with it is yeah it's fun to see all these childhood heroes come together in one place where you're like what what i've seen these guys in their own worlds but what i never thought i'd see this on the big screen with hundreds of millions of dollars to make this happen and so i like that idea i love that i'm not opposed to to bringing this stuff you know from comic to to the actual big screen it's just Okay, like let's take it to the to the Avengers one. And I did recently see Age of Ultron. I did not after the, after the first Avengers. I did not feel the need to see number two or I think number was, it, was there number three? No, Ultron is two. Okay. I, I stopped. So, Civil I stopped. War is basically <laughs> Avengers three. It looks like it. Yeah, I stopped following it into where I was just like, I'll just catch it sometime when it's on DVD. Just, I mean, I I lost all interest in it. It's because um, <clears throat> okay, so in Avengers one, let me see what happens. Who's who's like the main character? Who does it start on? Loki. Remind me. So, yeah, it starts with Loki and... 
Oh my gosh. It's because so many of the movies feel like they're just extensions of the Avengers movies. Loki gets the Mind Stone, turns Hawkeye evil. Mm -hmm. Uh, They capture Loki, put him in the helicarrier. His whole plan the whole time, which is classic villain wants to be captured. That's happened at least, Uh I don't know, 30 times in the past 10 years. Releases the Hulk on the helicarrier, trashes the helicarrier, and the Shatari coming through the portal. That's basically Avengers 1, right? Nailed it. (laughs) Okay. So that was it. So... Once you let the hype of these are really cool characters together die down to where it's just, all right, all right, all right, now let's let's take a look at the story. What I didn't like is that it, it seems like it's supposed to be really big. You have, like, the threat that Loki is going to release all of these, like, warriors from another part of the universe, is it? Or is it another reality or something? Another dimension, let's say. And they're going to come here and wreak havoc and just take over the world. And that sounds terrifying. If that were to happen, yeah, I'd legitimately be scared and hoping that there are these people with superpowers that could save us because the U.S. Army couldn't. And so that sounds like it would be super suspenseful, but the way they build it up is just not... I, I never felt like at any point in my core, this is going to happen, oh my god, they, they need to save us. I never felt the suspense build up. And even when these soldiers from another dimension come, and it's the end, and now it's the big fight scene, and we got the Hulk, like, taking down these big, like, what is it, like, it looked like the, like the, the little amoeba thing from the faculty, if you remember. It looked just like one of those big things. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so you I see- love the faculty, by the way. Good job bringing that I like that up. movie. That's a great movie. Yeah. I can feel the suspense in that one. It's, I don't know what it is, but something about it, it just felt unrealistic. And I know it is, but I just I, I wasn't I oh I wasn't sold on it. I never felt scared. I never felt like oh my god, they, they, if they don't stop this, it, the world is going to die. I felt like there were needless deaths and explosions. And for how much they built up, oh this army is incredible. Oh, one hit by like Captain America's shield, and oh, they're out. <laughs> they died so quickly. Joss Whedon actually went on record and said that he was pretty embarrassed how quickly that movie wraps up. How quickly you get the bow tied around the plot. I like I like my movies a little darker, which is why I am way more of a DC fan. I I like to see. I would now, have loved compare <laughs> compare though Avengers, the first Avengers, mm-hmm. to Batman v Superman. Are you honestly going to tell me you think Batman Batman v Superman was a better movie? I did not see it yet. Okay, I, I really <laughs> I, I would tell you I better. wanted to see that one in, in theaters. I really I did actually want to, and it just slipped away from me. Um, I did make it to Deadpool though, which I know isn't DC, but. Um, <clears throat> we, can talk, about we can talk about Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, what do you think about but, Deadpool? But but anyway, it, well, really quick, just wrapping up on on the Avengers though. It's just the big thing that I didn't like in it. I didn't feel that they broke any new ground whatsoever with that film. With with the budget behind it, I felt like it should have been something to where, kind of like with Avatar, or something to where you you are seeing something you have never seen before. Something either visually or the story, or like wow, this 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 set the bar and i don't feel like it did and as i saw it hit See, box Avatar, office record, i felt like visually i had never seen it before but i felt like the script was dances with wolves with blue people so <laughs> i had seen that before i really thought it was almost exactly fern goalie <laughs> yeah. the last rainforest good shout yeah. out good shout out good shout out fern goalie. oh i haven't thought it. that one it's uh, a guy who has to yeah that one made me believe in recycling I can tell you, I I swore to recycle, and I, I, yeah. Recycling feels more of a 90s thing nowadays, though. It's like, that's not for, recycling nowadays is like for, for businesses, not people. Back in the 90s, Earth Day was every day, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was. 
So anyway, so you're joining an exclusive club here, James, because you and uh, my ex girlfriend, who I now hate, are the only two people I know that don't like Avengers. <laughs> so yeah, it's just well, moving off of Avengers. So just like I said, I just I didn't feel like it had any climax like um not to get a little crude but i felt like i was the wife sitting there like all right honey it's our night take me to town and then when it ended i was like oh it's it's done good for you 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 tried really hard i i I know good good for you like i felt like that's how avengers was to take that same direction though nolan completely got you off in the first two batman movies (laughs) did he finish the job in the final Batman for you. I, I didn't really like it, but I did go to see that one. I was really... I, I think I'm the only one that thought that was... <laughs> now, every, the more I watch it, it doesn't hold up now, but the first time I saw it, I didn't hate it. I actually did not see the third Batman for so long, <laughs> for so long, because someone told me a little bit about it, and I thought it sounded like garbage. And then I saw it, and I still hate it. I do feel that... The story for the third one felt forced just because it, it, some of it was cliche. Even their twists, I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Um, also, Are you talking Talia or? What was it? with uh, When Bane wasn't the bad guy. Because just the whole time I got this feeling. I don't know what it was, but I was just like, Bane, Bane doesn't, he never feels like he's the big bad boss. What's going on? There's someone else here. Who is it? Who have they introduced that has a significant role that we don't get to know too much about? Hmm. But uh, what I what I do like about about uh, what Nolan did though with the Dark Knight franchise was just how dark it is. Like I say, I feel like in the Avengers, like let's take it back to that final climactic scene where like this is where you put all your cards on the table and show what this movie is all about. Where are all the innocent bystanders? Why aren't people dying? Why aren't buildings crushing people? Like, you know, like, no there one should was be... concerned with death in the city until Superman fought Zod. And then every movie now has been about, let's go away from the city to have the fight. And I'm, I'm with you, though. No one said anything about that in Avengers. It kind of gets reflected on an Iron Man 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it, I thought it the whole time, though, because I was thinking, like, that, because that. The, the the way that I like to shoot, um, I uh, and I, I guess okay. If you think of like cinematography as like painting, like with Picasso and his blue period and all that, I think did I reference that right? Did he have a blue period? He did. Okay, good. My wife's a painter, not me. Um, but uh, cinematography, it's the exact same way. So I, I don't plan to shoot the same way always. And so I'm actually stepping away from a period where I really loved close-ups. Like I was big on shooting, like not just close-ups to where like you see the top of the head down to like the nips, but like extreme close-ups to where like you can see sweat rolling down the brow you can see subtle expressions in the eyes um i loved like just close-ups i loved it and now i'm like stepping away from that and i really love wide shots i've been watching a lot of uh kubrick actually lately like uh, i just rewatched the shining and the whole time i'm just like noticing the lack of close-ups and and i still get this really cool feeling and i like what it did just because it's so wide because that you need to feel how alone they are in this hotel, and that does it. And so it, I walked away from that like, I need to do more wide shots, really just bring in the atmosphere of what this guy's dealing with, not just the emotion of what he's feeling in internally. And so, um, I, but, but what I really like with, with cinematography, though, is that you can see, 
you could do like a quick insert of like someone's face as they look afraid as something's about to crush them, like a car. Maybe the Hulk flung a car at someone and it bounced off, and now it's going to strike them. And it'd be great to maybe have an insert of just just uh, a woman about to shield uh, a child, and not so Spider-Man-y to where like, oh, the taxi was caught midair by a web, but like maybe it's about to crush them, and Captain America pushes them out of the way and like tumbles, and they get scraped and, and hurt, but they're saved. But just something to where you just really see, oh. That would be me if this were actually happening because I wouldn't be safe. And because Avengers didn't have that, I didn't feel like I was a part of it at all. Dark Knight totally felt like it just because they had everybody in the bank at the opening scene. They had uh, everybody at like cocktail parties and um, what is it? Just people running throughout the streets. You see the mayhem. You see parades marching through the streets. You see a lot of citizens. It's not just focused on the bad guys, which you know revolves around the Joker and Two Face and 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 Batman, but you see all these other people and just the fear in their eyes and like the mayor as he dies and like all this stuff. So you feel like, oh God, this is, I'm watching the news right now. So by the end of it, when it's this fight with the Joker, uh, well, actually that was the Dark Knight, not uh, Batman Begins. Batman Begins, I didn't, wasn't, mm, but Dark Knight, that really just, oh, I, I walked away from that. I was a satisfied woman at that point. Let me tell you. My favorite part of, and I did like Batman Begins. We won't talk about that now, but my favorite part of the Dark Knight is Batman leaves Joker hanging from the roof and takes off. And that, you don't see that anymore. There always has to be a final solution. Batman knows that Batman doesn't exist without the Joker. And the Joker knows that the Joker doesn't exist without Batman. And I think Nolan did that beautifully. Where did you first get turned on to Nolan? It was it was The Dark Knight. I watched that and I was like, oh my god. And I, I just remember sitting back just like, that was... That was that was a, You've seen a Memento, good use though, right? of my time. Uh, I have not. That that is on my list. Okay, that's your, that's your I, homework. I should well, homework from the Bitcave. I I I'll, I should explain this because everyone gets surprised with how much I love film and all of these big films that I have not seen. Actually, every Oscar award winning and nominated film uh, from the Oscars this year I have not seen, and I actually make it a point not to see it. And the reason is because I'm also a big fan of Netflix binge watching, and so I like I like watching all these shows as my my day to day. Just like oh, let's see what you know Walter White's doing today, you know. Um, <clears throat> and then in between those, I like watching movies, but I really. I don't want to just turn on a movie like, ah, oh, I hear this one's supposed to be really good and, and know that it's supposed to rock my world and I just flip it on because I had some free time. I, <laughs> I, I think my analogy of like oh, a wife that needs satisfaction is really appropriate because that is how I am. I got to be a little bit about your wife. I got to be, right be in the mood. Like I really do. I don't want to just, just uh, let's just go through the motions. I got to be like ready for this i've got to feel it to where like all right all right we are turning on django unchained right now like something to where for the next hour and a half is you and me lights low i'm turning off my phone take me to town and and so that's why i've got a list of movies on my computer to where like these are ones where i am pretty confident my socks are gonna be blown off and so when i get in those moods i will pull up that list and i'm like all right all right up oh, inception here we go, baby. Like you haven't seen Inception. Either? I have seen it. I, I did, okay. that, but that was one of the movies that I didn't see right away. Um, <clears throat> you have so- to, <laughs> as a Nolan fan, as a filmmaker, you have to watch Memento. I yes, I I have I have heard that actually. I really want to watch that. I want to watch the following, and so it's it's weird because it's like 
okay, you really want to watch it. It's just a movie. Why don't you watch it? But explaining what I just did, hopefully that makes sense. It's, I want to watch it. I own it. I buy a lot of movies where it's like sitting there and it might be a year before I turn it on, but it's, it's got to be the right time and I can wait. I can, I can wait. <laughs> and so anyway, I, I watched that movie and I just felt so impressed by everything. Um, and, and I was really getting into uh, the idea of, of maybe getting good at camera work. Um, not, I, 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 it, at that point I wasn't thinking of being a filmmaker yet, but I just remember watching that movie and just like, what was it about it? Like, you know, when, when you're, you're not really good at something, you're not, um, like an expert on something yet. And so you can't really put into words what it is about it that you like, but you just know it just looked like a movie. It just looked really cool. And I couldn't tell what it was. And the more I've been getting into cinematography and I know I will for, for years to come, the more I'll like, I'll, I'll turn on the dark night. I'm just like, Oh God, I see what you did there. I see, or I didn't see it last time and i just love it everything about it the opening scene it's just that movie really put a lot of things into play for me and so um that 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 actually that was one of the first movies that, that put uh put the idea in my head where um one of the signatures that i eventually hope to be known for as a filmmaker because i write more scripts than i actually work on which i think is true for everybody because i can't shoot everything i do and just because it costs Honestly, if, if I had more money, I'd be shooting a lot more stuff. But then also the work, the manpower behind it. And so a lot of the scripts I write, I, I refer back to The Dark Knight, even though that that's not like the greatest movie of all time. It's just that movie had my attention immediately. And what I've been able to dissect from it is just they start you off in the middle of something. This wasn't like they start you off with like a planning session of like, all right, we got to break into this bank, which would be like kind of like a bank heist movie. They didn't start off with like showing like uh, – you know, TV shots of like what's happened since the last, you know, Batman movie and people talking about Batman, which I think happens a lot in Spider-Man, which is why that movie feels cheesy. I like the the amazing Spider-Man, which I hear, again, I'm on the minority of most people don't like it. But anyway, I like how this starts off. Oh, it's already happening. Shoot. They're already like cutting the wires. They're already, the guy comes in, shotgun to the ceiling, everybody down. Oh, what's going on? Like right away. And so a lot of what I do in my stories when I write scripts, uh, that hopefully somebody I'll shoot. Um, actually, I'm working on a script right now for something I'm planning on. I have to shoot later this year because it's my thesis project for my bachelor's degree program. I is like, that, uh, is <clears throat> that The Hypnotist? Yes, it is The Hypnotist. <laughs> it, uh, I, I like to start things in the middle, in the middle of something. I don't want it to be to where, oh my God, I sat through a long five minute, you know, title sequence that was graphically really cool, but I really just came here for the movie. And now, oh, they've got to introduce the characters and I get it. Bella's a sad high school student who's about to meet a vampire. Like, you know, you just want to be right in the action. And so, what I've been doing lately is everything that I'm writing, everything I'm doing, and what I'd like to be known for is that my stories start in the middle of the scene. So like if I was going to do a zombie movie, I would not start it off with showing the infection and showing, you know, Brad Pitt all happy. And, uh, and even though World War Z, I do like how quickly they got the movie going. If I were to, to shoot a zombie film, my opening scene, like no joke, it, it, here's what it would be. Uh, it would be black. Uh, you'd hear like uh, <laughs> that and you'd, you'd hear like a man like struggling and a woman screaming in the background. Suddenly you see whatever you're hearing and it's just a zombie already like on top of a guy and like the guy's already cut up and you see like him like try to move his face so the drool from the zombie doesn't get into his mouth and so you're in the middle of like a fight scene. You don't know who, what's going on or who, but like in real life, if you were to walk into a scene. You don't walk in at the beginning of stuff. You walk in, stuff's already happening. You walk into a conversation. What are we talking about, guys? Like, you don't get to see the beginning. And so, I like starting stories off that way. Like, 
immediately, the first 10 seconds, what the heck is going on? And it's got your attention. And so that's that's really what I, I, I've noticed that also with, with Nolan. Um, that's not something that I learned in film school. That's something that just watching films that I like. And so once I watched Dark Knight and I, I thought, I, I got to find out who this guy is. I started watching more of his films. I watched Inception, something from that movie that I noticed, which I challenge you if you haven't noticed it, watch it again and really pay attention to this. Um, in film school, they teach you all about like doing an establishing shot and like, all right, okay, so, uh, you know, James, Tyler, and Eric were just doing a podcast in a pleasant residential home and now they're at a cafe talking about making a movie. We have to show a shot of the cafe and and maybe show them walking in this and that watch inception and and uh, what i really like is that they do the film like a dream which is you never see how you get to a place you never see yourself leave a place he'll they'll be like they'll be talking in one room and then suddenly they're they're just sitting outside of a cafe uh or suddenly now they're they're in a car or like there's no establishment but you you're able to interpret it's not confusing um oh, wait wait what's going on where are they now because you can they've got a cup of coffee in their hands oh they're at a cafe oh he's holding a steering wheel oh he's in a car so he did it cleverly enough to where you can determine just perceptively as a human everything that you would have determined had you taken the extra minute to do all this establishment and so i like how he's so to the to the to the point like let's cut to the chase and that's that's really what i've taken away from him so as you can imagine i am a big nolan admirer do you think that is um kind of an evolution of how we watch and produce film because Tyler and I have watched some older films and there's been four minute credit sequences. And I tell him, I always remark this would never fucking fly (laughs) nowadays. Like you would never have this nowadays. Is it the young filmmakers mentality to let's jump right into the meat and then we'll move back and kind of show you the ripple effect. And I love it. I do want to get right in. In fact, I'm like you are, if it's not a perfect mood, a perfect time, I don't care how perfect you tell me the movie is. I'm not watching it or the TV show or the song you want me to hear. Is is I know you said you didn't take this from film school, but is jumping right in and cutting really all the gristle off of the bone, is that kind of your approach? That's, that's, that is my goal. Um, definitely nothing at all that I've perfected uh, because as – okay, breaking it down um, – Cinematographer, what a cinematographer actually is, and and I learned this when I <laughs> there were two different degree programs, and one was a film degree, and one was a digital cinematography degree, and I remember asking the school, "What's the difference?" And they were like, "Well, with a film degree, you really learn one specific aspect. The idea is that you're going to go into the film industry as like a you know." A, doing one piece like you're going to be the camera operator you're going to be a first assistant camera you're going to be a director you're going to do one specific thing because you know you're going to be working on a big hollywood set where every little piece is accompanied by one person doing it i was like oh that sounds good and then they said but the digital cinematography degree program is is really a new idea which is these independent filmmakers that they want to be able to do it all so in that you're not going to learn one thing you're going to learn how to write how to shoot how to edit how to color grade how to how to reach out to distributors to do it all and i'm like oh that's kind of what i'm already doing with uh with black tie film photography and they're like you might be interested in that and i said i think i might and i've gotten into it and that's that is totally so for me because i don't eventually plan to work for a production studio which i might so you know don't hold me to it uh but i don't plan to just be one specific guy i will definitely gladly do that if it's if it's pan if it's something that allows me to do what i want to do on the side but ultimately i like 
making i like shooting my own stuff not just like oh my god i have to shoot an episode of the sitcom just because i'm a camera operator and there's nothing else hiring i like to make my own work and so with digital cinematography um i'm like a one-man show which i like to have help i like to have other people help me do this stuff but as i'm sure you guys have learned like you you know if you want something to happen and unless you know a lot of people have a lot of money and you just happen to you know have the hand of god on you (laughs) you got to do a lot of that stuff yourself and so um as i'm really teaching myself a lot of things with editing i i am learning i'm looking back on myself always and i could shoot something now and one month from now i will shoot something else and look back at what i shot a month ago oh my god i would never have shot it like that just so i like that i'm constantly evolving but i am starting to really focus on right to the point what is unnecessary what is i know that this is a rule but do i have to follow what can i just cut to so this is it and so like things that i used to shoot where like you might have watched a youtube episode which hopefully no one can find anymore where like this is like a 10 minute video I will watch it now, and I will just be thinking, I could have cut this down to like a really good 60-second video. This this had no reason to be 10 minutes long. What so. you've learned, though, is, and I'll tell you this being the, the elder here, a beautiful lesson. Because if you can tell a joke in five words instead of 15 words, the five-word joke is always a better joke. And I think it fits to film, too. Show, don't tell. That's why when you read critics' reviews... And they always dog on the exposition. Like he had a fourteen paragraph, you know, speech that he made that explained the whole plot. Show me that in four shots, and it's a better movie. I completely agree with you. Yeah, and that's uh, show don't tell. That is something I learned in film school, which really was just the, um, I guess, the manifested term for what I was already figuring out on my own. Which was, oh yeah, that's 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 it. Just I mean, because I I noticed. It's it's also it makes it more interesting not just not just for the story but but as as the whole movie just as an art form because yeah how easy would it be if you know you're starting a movie that's showing the future and terminators have come true and let's throw in a narrative for all the people that don't know that this is the year something in the future and that won't be able to interpret why are there robots everywhere and they need to know robots have taken over the world oh that makes sense you know it's it, that's too easy the same thing with um like i i i've i've been able to 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 break down a lot of things now in movies that i watch where i'm just like i i get why they did that now but they didn't have there there was probably like a bunch of other ways they could have done that that's the easy way out to where like the opening scene you know like a uh, mom will talk to her son and they both each address each other by first name and now we know the characters names but realistically i don't say my mom's name and she she'll even just talk to me like go clean your room but she won't say go clean your room james okay maria like you know that's uh that doesn't happen but they do it because oh well we need the audience to know the characters names or we need to establish this so they know what kind of characters who's the antagonist who's the protagonist and so i really like that we're living in a generation where a lot of the technology to make films um used to not be available to us like to where if i was who i am and it was 1984 or something (laughs) i was trying to make an independent film you'd watch it and be like this is totally an indie film and indie films back then even had a stigma to where like this is just you know it's black and white and there's a guy speaking french smoking in the background and why is there a clown crying in the kitchen like to where like and jim jarmusch directed it (laughs) you know this is this is this isn't really a movie this is just a big 
art piece. Um, and, and it just the quality too, like the sound is terrible and I can hear static and, uh, oh my God, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't look like a movie. Whereas nowadays, like, I mean, just the fact that I can buy a DSLR camera with, and you, and use that awesome sensor. Like I've got a few different cameras. Um, actually last year came an acquisition of a, a Sony NexFS 700, uh, which is, it's a really fun camera. It's, um, $7,500, which is relatively cheap when you compare it to like an Ari Alexa or, you know, uh, like, even just like a Red Epic or something. Like the really, uh, like they use, I'm pretty sure they use a Red Epic to shoot the new Spider-Man movies, which I remember watching and just like, I like this. This looks better than the old Spider-Man movies, which looked really cheesy and like were shot for comedy feel. Um, but, it's Please just, tell me you're not <laughs> ragging on Sam Raimi. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, I like that right now because of how affordable things are getting, because of how evolving technology is. Um, I, at my level, can get my hands on equipment that like, I can I can shoot something and put it out there. And like, honestly, the best compliment I can get at my point is just from someone that's not my family. It's not my friend has no reason to make me feel good. And they just watched and said, wow, that looked like a movie. Like, <laughs> Oh God, thank you. Like that's, that's a compliment <laughs> to me. That is probably the, the, cause if they say this was really good. Oh great. Would you like, uh, you know, just, it was just, it was just good. But if they can say that looked like a movie to me, that's like, Oh good. I'm there. <laughs> like, that's the big compliment for me because that's what I want to be doing. Like I, I know what they mean by that. That's like, I can't tell the difference between what you did here, James versus what just, I just saw in theater. And so, <clears throat> um, as, as I'm, I'm doing more and more, I'm realizing how expensive everything is. And you can't just buy one thing without having to buy the other thing that costs twice as much. And so, you know, and as much as I like to focus on cinematography, you know, you can't watch a movie and have terrible audio. And then I had to invest in a boom mic. And then, oh, wait, now I can't. I'm realistically not going to do every shoot where, where it's just standing on, you know, a mic stand. Now I need an actual boom pole and it needs to extend. And I need to have a boom mic operator. Oh, but if I shoot outside, now it needs, you know, like some sort of... Uh, Oh, I just forgot the term, but, um, you know, just like a big, I forgot the term, um, a thing that goes around it. Like a windscreen? <laughs> yes, a windscreen, but there, there's a specific term, blimp, that's the term I'm looking for, like the actual blimp, so that way, now we don't hear the wind, and the, okay, now I'm getting good They at, call that a blimp? <laughs> they do call it a blimp. We're learning this week. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, or. call them windscreens, or pop filters. <laughs> yeah. Or like, um shooting uh all right now we've got a great camera let's pop on my hundred dollar canon lens on there hey this doesn't look good oh shoot now i need you know this eleven thousand dollar leica lens and all that and like all right great now we got the camera and a lens and let's set up the shot and then we realize oh shoot now we can't just use natural lighting now we need all these expensive lights we need a light just to bring out the flare in her eyes and something because we need you know a dim light on the background so that it looks really visually pleasing and now beyond that now we need to add some movement because you can't just have a still shot and everything and so now you know i own like a motorized gimbal which is you've probably seen like an actual like little gif or something is that is it gif or gif by the way it is actually GIF, but I pronounce it GIF. I say it too, but that's almost a GIF. GIF is fucking day. peanut butter, and I know the guy that invented it calls it GIF. GIF is peanut butter. It's a GIF. <laughs> yeah, yep. that's what I say. We, we won't argue with you. We're, okay. we're going to call no, it thank a GIF. You. But I'm sure you've seen that one where like some guy's holding like a mechanism in his hand with a camera in the middle. He's like moving his hands all kinds of ways, and the camera stays still. I got one of those. It's really fun. Um, 
I wish I had more reason to use it. <laughs> but uh, like I, I went to the to the sand dunes yesterday with my family, and that was a great excuse. Just to, let's run up and down the sand dunes. I'm just gonna chase you with this camera, and so it's really fun. And so uh, my equipment's expanding, and I still have this laundry list of other things. Well, I know in Hollywood they use this, and they have that type of graduated filter, and this and that, and I don't own that, and so I got to get by. And so the things that I write, I, I have two different categories for things that I write actually. Stuff that I can realistically shoot now and stuff that I'll have to wait until I have at least a million dollar budget because this is a great story. Realistically, I can't do that. <laughs> and so uh, it's, it's, I like just the challenge of um, having to figure out how to do the best I can with what I have. And so it's really turned me on to drama, like a lot of drama genre, just because of that, you don't need visual effects like you would for sci-fi, for example. Um, I realized one of the biggest takeaways from doing my own YouTube channel, which I, I, did, I had a couple actually, uh, is that I'm not funny. So uh, I, if I do drama, I don't have to worry about punchlines or slapstick humor. Um, I do like recently. I've actually been doing a couple horror things, uh, which I've, I've I've found that I do like. It's horror actually has a good, uh, strong element of drama in it. It's just uh, what I really like about it is that um, people aren't really paying as much attention. Like, oh shoot, I messed up on that shot, but nobody notices because they're more into the moment because they just want to be scared. Um, but what I like about drama is just because, first of all, you're not going to win an Oscar for a comedy. I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, <laughs> you're, we're gonna put a pen in that though. We're gonna get back to that. But uh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, take that with a grain of salt. But in general, like Adam Sandler's not gonna win an Oscar. I'll put it that way. And he doesn't uh, deserve one, except for <laughs> Billy Madison. Well deserved. It, it would be very like interesting if they brought that up for an Oscar now. But yeah, no, that is a great film. Billy Madison, uh, Happy Gilmore, which I think were the two films that he's been living off of for the rest of his life. <laughs> um, Are you from the school of thought that he hasn't made two better movies than that? Because I, I'm with with you there. He's made entertaining films. Ones where it's like, oh, it's cute, Big Daddy, or oh, Mr. D's, you know, she went on a writer, learned a lesson. Um, but nothing where, like, I, this needs to be a part of my DVD collection. And so, like, I've been watching the stuff he's been putting on Netflix, and, you know, God bless him for doing it, just because I like that that shows that he has enough money to where if he really didn't care about making movies, he doesn't have to, but he, just, he does. And so I respect him for that. And I'll watch his stuff only because I'm like, ugh. Darn it, Adam Sandler, this is probably going to suck, but good God, we loved you in the 90s. I'll watch it, you know, like uh, The Cobbler, and uh, I watched, what was that new one that came on Netflix? Um, so wait a minute, you've seen The Cobbler, <laughs> but you haven't seen Memento. I, th I think we need to get a priority straight. <laughs> well, well, like I said, I have to be in the mood for things I know I'm going to like. So I you're figured, always in the mood for shit? <laughs> well, I figured I wasn't going to like it, so like I'll flip it on while I'm doing homework, or I'll flip it on where I've like got like dual screen monitors, I'm like, okay, I'll be watching... Uh, shoot, what was, like, I'll watch 51st Date on the screen while I color edit this other thing so I don't have to be looking. Whereas the movies that I really want to watch, I am doing nothing else. Like, my phone is off. Like, I changed my voicemail. Like, I'm sorry, if you need me for the next 97 minutes, James will be unavailable. Please reach out to his wife. Like, you know, it is an event. <laughs> and so that's why I do watch a lot of crap. Uh, but that all teaches me, too, stuff like I watch in, like, that's something I'm never going to do. Like, I'll learn things like, this is what not to do if I want to shoot the way I like. And so 
I like with action films how you can have fans. Drama doesn't really have fans. You don't see like big fans of the Titanic, you know, um, or the Green Mile. But you'll see tons of fans for uh, for action, action adventure, Harry Potter, which you know borders on sci-fi, Hancock even. So anything with with uh, with a hero in it, uh, you see fans. So I like that. It might not win an Oscar, but it wins a fan base. And so every genre has something. Uh, even horror films have fans. Um, so your uh, monster, t- tons of yeah, them. <laughs> absolutely. And so I feel like with with if, if like someone gave me a very minimal budget and just some decent actors, I get to use my equipment and I have to make some gold. It would have to be drama or it'd have to be horror because I don't need super expensive graphic effects for that. I mean, I could use it to enhance it. Like Titanic was a drama, but that thing cost millions of dollars in graphic effects. And the same thing with uh, horror movies where like um, I don't know what you consider. Cloverfield, a horror film that was more suspense. It was no, it was no. You're right. It That's was a suspense. suspense. It was yeah. a monster but flick. It wouldn't exactly exist without all the graphics effects. So you know, graphics can help, but without it, you can still have a really good story. So long as the story is is driving, it's it's compelling. They never needed to show the monster in Cloverfield, and that movie still would have been great. I love Cloverfield. I'm glad you do because I'll say that, and people will be like, "Oh, that movie sucked." Why did it suck? I liked it. And they're like, because, like, you, you see the shoulder of the monster in this and that. I'm like, you're, you're missing the point. It's not about the monster. It's it's more about what, like, these people are you. It's more like what your experience would be like if you were in New York City and a monster was legitimately attacking. He's like, yeah, but I don't care because that's not going to happen. No, he, uh, took a, he took a page from the book of Spielberg. When do we see Jaws? Yeah. An hour in? An hour and <laughs> ten minutes in? That's how they did it. And if you're going to ape any director, Spielberg might be a pretty good pick. Yeah. I feel like in Jaws they could have shown it more. Like it could have, they could have shown it too, only because you need to you go know, see the well, new Blake you, Lively you, movie. You know what it was. You you knew it was a, a shark, so it's not like surprising. You just kind of wanted to see it more because, like, ah, this is scary. In Cloverfield, they had a total, totally good reason not to show it because you don't know what it is, so it just adds more mystery. There's the, the only mystery to the shark wasn't like, oh, it's a killer. It was more like, does this thing know what it's doing? Is it strategic? Does it know how to kill us? Like, that was a mystery. I think if they showed it, it still would have maintained that level of mystery. Um, I don't know. I think I think Spielberg was coloring that coloring book long before Cloverfield could even have been a concept. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, as a cinematographer, I know that uh, Jaws does get brought up a lot just because there was a lot of, like, French New Wave-inspired things in in his film. And um, I, I'm still looking for a good reason to do I forget what it's called, um, but it's that thing where... You, you can either physically push the camera in or pull it out, but whatever you're doing, you're zooming the opposite direction, and so it keeps the subject in the middle the exact same size, but the background, just the background is either compressed or expanded. And so now I've been I'm looking embarrassed. For I can't believe I can't think of what that's called because yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's, well, it's because it's, it's, it's kind of... It's not counter zoom. It's, um, I know what you're saying. Uh, it's counter something. Yeah. It is counter something, but it's just I feel like you need the right movie to do it you can't do it all the time because otherwise i feel like if i did it in a movie that would be like the one movie i could do it in because if i did it twice people would be like what's he trying to pull like it's you know like what's up m night Shyamalan? yeah <laughs> i love I, I i love me some m night though i know he gets a lot of hate but i just because his he, first two films are unbelievable i think that they were groundbreaking as far as twisco and then he became known for 
twist. Like, ah, there's a twist. What's he going to throw in? And I I don't like that he really fed off of that and just like, all right, let's let's add twist to everything. The most ridiculous (laughs) twist I can. (laughs) And every time... The village? It's the plants that are killing people. Every time... Every time I, I think of him, though, I think of, like, what is it, Robot Chicken? Like, what a twist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear that in my head. That was, um, that was Family Guy, I think. Was it? Family Guy did oh, that. Oh, well, I know that they had it in Robot Chicken. Oh, maybe they've done it in both. Maybe. Although it might be illegal for two shows to do the same idea. But uh, <laughs> uh, the happening, <laughs> the happening in, I will say the trailer for the happening that looked exciting. I was like, what the heck is this? I was like, it could have been anything. Like, it could have been the, the rapture from the Bible for all we know. Like, it's just the happening and everything's abandoned. Are aliens coming? And I was disappointed with the twist. Um, I was disappointed with the acting from Mark Wahlberg. Uh, was Really? I, yeah, I don't feel like that was a good film for him <laughs> at all. That was uh, my sarcastic because <laughs> God, Wahlberg is pretty terrible in, in most things i love him like i loved him in uh what was it four brothers i uh, did you did you see uh it was that one with uh will ferrell that came out recently not not uh, the other guys but uh daddy's home is a comedy no but i like the other guys yeah i thought the other guys was okay i felt like the relationship wasn't as natural in the chemistry as it could have been <laughs> we're getting really close to probably having to wrap for time's ah. sake um so i just want to are we really yeah we are that's the best episodes I, I forgot. I forgot. <laughs> I feel like there was a point that I was trying to get to half an hour ago. So while we have some some quick time, I know I want to ask him about the hypnotist. But I, I was like, we we need to know a, a few things that are upcoming real quick, or yeah. that have just come up. So um, first off, I, I know you didn't write it, but did you get a jump right into the action in Enos? Oh, in Enos. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, okay. I was gonna say you guys haven't seen it, right? No, um, you couldn't see it. Uh, in but Enos, like, can, can we see it? And that was my next question. Can answering both questions at once. It is not currently publicly available, and that is for good reason. Everybody keeps asking me because I keep posting it, and so um, I post about it online. And it's on my website, and it's on all over my Facebook accounts. And so people are like, "Hey, when do we get to see it?" Because it doesn't make sense. Because I mean, you'll see short films on YouTube or Vimeo, and you can find them online. You're just like, "Well, everyone else is showing it. Why can't you?" Um, Just to explain really quick, just some film industry behind the scenes is um, so. First of all, as far as film festivals, because we don't feel like it's seen everything it can from film festivals. It's I feel like it's still got some more runs to do um film festivals really want what's new what's fresh and so they like stuff that you can't see anywhere else to where people have heard about it and they want to see it but if they want to see it they can't just click on a link to see it they got to come to to this festival to see it same thing for uh, distribution like if you want a distributor to buy the rights to your film so they can put it on dvd they can put it on netflix they can put it on like shorts tv which is one that we're going to probably try for um they can put it somewhere why would a distributor buy the rights to your film, pay money for that, and then expect other people to pay to watch it? Like, let's just say pay 99 cents on iTunes to get it when it's available for free on YouTube, which is why it's not publicly available. Any, any things that um, I really like that I work on, if I have to say so, I don't make it public just because I want to try and see, dangle it out there. Does anyone want this? Maybe I can make some money off this. If not, I'll probably post on YouTube. So, no, you can't see it yet. Uh, eventually, one way or another, unless no one picks it up, we'll probably just make it available somewhere online. Um, but no, to answer your first question, I don't feel it cuts right into the action. Um, I mean, if this were feature length, yes, because technically in the first minute, it cuts to the action. But considering this is a short film, I think it came out to eight minutes runtime. 
I mean, a minute is, is, is a long time when eight minutes is the full length of the story. And so it doesn't cut to it the way that I described as far as like you're right in the action. It does have a little bit of buildup of like a happy intro and you kind of meet the characters and then something starts to happen. And so after that, it starts to really move in. Uh, if you do watch Enos, I will say it's um, it was a lot of fun to work on, actually. It took two days to shoot. Uh, it's not a full story. It's not a beginning, middle, end. It's not you watch it and like, oh, it was concluded. If anything, that was really, that film is more <laughs> like a taste of a larger story, which we're hoping that some distributor watches it and they're just like, hey, I liked it. And I just kept thinking, I want to see more. And from there, they'll be willing to back up the funds to do the full feature film behind it. So if you see it, it's it's not a complete story. It's it's a teaser really. You have to let us know when if it does become available either for pay or on YouTube because we'll post it up. Hell, I want to watch it. I, I just <laughs> yeah. want to see based on what you've told me today, you said you love Nolan, you said you're getting into Kubrick. I want to see something shot by you cuz <laughs> I think at that point I can ask you 100 questions today. I would watch eight minutes of your movie, and I would have 98 of those questions probably answered. Well, I will say that at the time I shot that, I was in a very different mindset. So if I were to shoot it now, I would shoot it completely differently. (laughs) But isn't that all? uh, I think that's the learning that comes with art is if I go back to listen to episode one of BitFaced, I'd probably kill myself today. But <laughs> <laughs> it's Yeah, if you do, if you choose to go back and listen to us, Don't. Start, uh, start now. Halfway. <laughs> start Bunny Blue. Yeah. Bunny Blue is the episode. So, of people. All right, well, I guess just anything of mine that you ever see, even if it's not like an actual narrative story, but like even if it's just like, uh, like a, one of the commercials that I have that uh, I've done for people online or a music video, take a look at the date it was posted first or created, and then if for any reason you're like, hmm, just if it if it's, seems like a reasonable length of time in the past, go, oh, okay. Just <laughs> you can use this as a, a reference point. You can say, was it precast or postcast? Because <laughs> you'll but know. I will say, though, that uh, what, what year are we in? 2016? Yeah. We are. I, I legitimately have to ask my phone weekly, what year is it? Just because I, I have a terrible, I've got an amazing long-term memory. I can tell you, I can recite jingles from commercials that I saw one time when I was four to where like my family would be like, that sounds so familiar. I'm like, yeah, don't you remember? It was in the middle of this half hour show, blah, blah, blah. Long-term memory is amazing, but short-term. So I'm going to forget most of this conversation by tomorrow. But when I'm 60, I will remember what you guys were wearing today. So, um, when, you're, when you're 60, I'll be dead. So I'm <laughs> glad you'll be thinking about me. I, I will uh, ask you what I was wearing I will. this day. Sure, go for it. It's, uh, I don't watch Doctor Who, but that's the TARDIS. It's in front of a red swirly thing. Nailed it. And I'm guessing it has to do... I don't, I, I don't watch Doctor Who, but I'm guessing it's symbolic of like time... Yeah, like the TARDIS is a time, time machine, and so, so he's going through time. Yeah, is that is that? Yeah, for someone that has never watched it, I don't really like British humor, so which is odd because my last name Brit. Brit. You'd think. So, can, what can you tell us about the hypnotist? Uh, the hypnotist. Uh, hypnotist is a script. It's still. It hasn't been shot yet. I'm revising that script. I've revised revised it six ways from Sunday, and it looks nothing like the first draft. Um, and it will probably look nothing like this draft by the time I shoot it. But uh, for as I said, I'm in I'm in film school, working on a bachelor's degree program for digital cinematography. I graduate next year, and so our thesis project is, of course, a film. Um, unfortunately, the school has 
continuously cut the time on how long they're allowing the film to be just because there is a vast difference in the types of students from students who like know a thing or two versus the students who are like this is the first camera they've ever owned like from the film school like and they're learning about ISO and exposure and all this stuff where they should have known sooner so because of that they feel like the longer that the film that they tell the students it has to be the more money it's going to cost out of pocket to make the, the the harder it becomes to tell a good story because you have to develop in this and that and so they've really cut it down so i think uh now the requirements is uh, it has to be no more than eight minutes again which i hate that time frame i i would love to shoot nothing less than 15 minutes minimum um <clears throat> So The Hypnotist is basically, it's about, uh, without giving it away because there are some twists, uh, it's about a, a woman who is suspicious of her husband, um, and she's, she's not quiet about her suspicion. She believes her husband is fooling around behind her back, and the husband aggressively fights that accusation he's very pissed about it and so he just encourages her like you need help you know like go talk to your therapist and her therapist is also a licensed hypnotist so he proposes hypnotherapy to help her to really figure out you know is this a legitimate paranoia or not and so he's really just trying to help her to work through this why is all this happening but there's a big twist uh that i'll just put out there about the motives of the hypnotist and all i can say is is he really trying to help her or is he trying to do something else subconsciously to this woman interesting but, so it sounds very cool i mean if we're available and you need some extra help or you need some extra people i think bitface would love to love to help out if you guys can hold Tyler's it. a budding actor on the on the scene. Are you? So. I, I am. Where can I he see got it? his first lap dance on <laughs> on, on, on film, film in, a, in a little movie called Strip Club Massacre coming out in September. Yeah, it's uh, that's the banner on your website, isn't it? it yeah, is. I saw that. So we went down in March to Georgia, um, and an indie film company um, they were making a horror film called Strip Club Massacre, and we got to sit in and be extras for a couple shots, and we got to interview them on our podcast, and it it was a lot of fun. So I thought it was a, a game, just because you guys have like what looks like an eight bit version of it. So that's just because we 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 bit club massacred it up. Ah, so that's not actually representative of the film. It has nothing to do with not at all. Nope. They they were down with it. Yeah, they were cool with it, but no, it has nothing to do it, with the movie. We took two of the actresses, and we had our artist, um, Carlos Maldonado, uh, take renditions of us and them and 8-bit it and have them kill us. And that's what that banner is. Nice. And I will be able to see this at some point? Yeah. DVD September. Excellent, excellent. Already a distribution deal. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're they're self-making all their DVDs, aren't they? I mean, they actually had a pretty. Uh, they had a good cast. They had a good. It was. It yeah. was really neat to. Uh, I hope we get to do this with you too. To be on their set to kind of mm-hmm. see. I mean, all they did was work. They talked to us for an hour. The other twenty three hours was them working, and it's just you could you could feel the love, and that's all I can say about it. Is you could tell that they loved that more than someone getting paid to do that loved it. They really wanted to get that movie made, and that for me was the beautiful part of. Of being on the set, I I've, guess. I've never heard that before. I like that. Like, from the, from a film set, you could feel... I've never heard that. You could. You I, could I want people to be there. able to talk about my sets like that. Like, what do you have to say about working with James Britt? Oh, you could 
feel the love coming from that production. Like, <laughs> I mean, we were there to kind of not be in the way, but we were we were part of the schedule that day. Like, hey, you have to sit down with these two assholes and do interviews. And every single person walked up and shook our hand and, hey, nice to meet you. And, hey, I'm so glad you guys are here. And it was really kind of – I've been on a Hollywood film set before, and it was a completely opposite experience where it was like – hey, I'm only going to be here for 15 minutes and I'm not going to be here 15 minutes after that, so let's get this done. They were there until they got the shot they needed that day. And I imagine some of your uh, your work is probably pretty much the same because it sounds like you really do enjoy it. Oh, yeah, no, I love it. And I, uh, I have a no a-holes rule, which means that even if somebody is really like, oh, my God, this guy's willing to like act for something that you do and he's fantastic and like wow i can get him but he's a major douchebag i will pass up and go with like this oh my god this guy over here he's 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 got no experience but he's got some raw talent and he's willing to go to starbucks for everyone you know like i would rather it be a pleasant experience because when you work on a film i mean a short film like i said like with enos was two days um two days of shooting but beyond that like you know i was having uh meetings with the director helping him to like refine the script figure out how do we want to do this in post-production uh it was really fun working on that only because uh like i said i don't have cg capabilities so if ever i need that i have to outsource that and actually the director of Venus, ryan scott of uh riot creative he's He's moved more from um, actually filming stuff to actual computer graphics. He can do animation and like visual effects and all that. So he would probably be the guy I'd refer to to have me help or have you know get help for that. But of course, I'd have to pay him. So I'm trying to figure out how much can I do without needing that. So it was really fun working on that, just because he did have graphic effects. And so the film took two days to shoot. Uh, it took maybe a not a week, but a couple weeks to just edit pretty much get it to picture lock to where this is what it's going to ultimately going to be and it took six months to do the actual graphics editing not because they're that amazing but just because this was just for free passion project just for fun it was it was really just an opportunity for he and i to work together to see how well we do together um which i get it i'll say as far as the cinematography on it i didn't shoot it as far as like this is amazing i need this to win me an award but it was more shot with the idea that we are going to be putting graphic elements that don't exist so i had to keep things more open than i would normally do it or position in ways that i would normally not because i usually you You had to keep the frame more flexible so i only say that just because i really do want people to think nice things about me (laughs) so i want you to have the right opinion when you look at myself if you go to my website though um i'm still working on a film reel just because i've been terrible 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 at making my work public like really the only people that ever see my stuff are anybody that's involved or anybody that directly benefited or contributed to it like i never post it i don't know why i just i always feel like it's never good enough like at the time i love it and then by the time i'm done working i'm like oh god i could do better i have just this unsatisfied feeling with everything i do just always feeling like i could do better james you could have done better you're gonna that's do better. important though so i think if you're satisfied with everything that you put out there then you never do get better right in the words of uh what was his name master shifu from kung fu panda 3 if you only do what you can already do, you will never become more than what you already are. Words to live by. Well, there's no better way to end today than that. I, I want you, if you want, come back on. And I want to talk more. We could do a whole hour about The Hypnotist. 
So I really want to kind of get into that. Uh, Anyway, thank you for joining us today here in the BitCave from uh, the Runaway Film Company, James Britt. To my right, as always, Tyler Run TRG Glaze. If you are local and listening to this episode today or tomorrow or any time this week, July 2nd, where are we going to be? Peak Place Coffee Shop, and we'll be running our next Hearthstone tournament. Peak Place Coffee, uh, I guess, was this past tournament at on Thursday at Fox and Hound. Was that the last time we're going to be there doing Hearthstone? No, actually, we're probably going to start running the events uh, more often. We're, we're going to run them alternating one week Saturday, one week Thursday. So we will be at Fox and Hound every other week still, and we will be at Peak Place the alternating weeks and you'll definitely see me at the saturdays uh not as much on the thursdays in fact there's one coming up in july i might be running myself guys so anyway if you're local we love our hearthstone players come out and see us and we're gonna wrap with that i am eric g hollis from the bit cave and we are out